with chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm really glad you're here. Uh, Today on the show, I sit down with Mitchell Johnson, and this is the audio from the Jamie Ivey show, which we aired in the spring. And Mitchell shares his story. And you guys, you've heard me say it a thousand times. Stories change the world. I really do believe that everyone has a story worth sharing. And Mitchell has a very unique story. I sat down with Mitchell, and he shared about how, as a young child, his family was in the midst of Hurricane Katrina. We all remember Hurricane King Katrina when it came in and devastated the city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Well, Mitchell was a 12-year-old boy and he walks us through what that was like and what it was like to be rescued and what his life has been like since and what his family has endured because of that tragedy hitting their family. You're going to love this. And as usual, for most of the episodes in the month of December, you can watch them. This audio was originally from a show that we did that was a visual show. It was on YouTube. In fact, it's still on YouTube and it's called The Jamie Ivey Show. And we had a couple episodes that we aired in the spring and Mitchell's was one of those shows. So you can go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and you can watch Mitchell and I talk about this. Y'all, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. So many of you have stepped up to sponsor a child through Compassion International. We've been talking about it all month and you guys have graciously stepped up and said, you know what, I want to be a part of this. I want to join in with the mission that Compassion is doing. And so if you haven't done that yet, I would love for you to think about it and pray about it. Go to Compassion.com slash Ivy. Use that unique link. And when you sponsor a child in the DR, we're going to send you a thank you gift as a wallet from Able, which we love Able around here. And we're also going to send the child that you sponsor a copy of my newest kids book, God Made You to Be You. I know that the native language of the Dominican Republic is not English, but these children learn English in school. And so we thought it'd be fun to send their family a book in English that they can practice and know how special they are to God. Compassion is a program that I believe in, that I stand behind, and that I think makes a difference in children's lives. My favorite thing about Compassion is that they work in each community through the local church. The local church is doing what the local church is set up to do, and they are caring for people in their community. With your help of $38 a month, that local church is going to provide the child that you sponsor with proper medical care, nutrition and clean water, gospel-centered discipleship, access to education. Their entire family is going to receive these benefits because of your $38 a month. I know December is can feel a little hard and overwhelming, and maybe you've overspent on gifts for your family or kids or spouse, but I really would love if you would take some moments just to think and pray about maybe what it would look like for you to contribute $38 a month to a child's life. Our hope is to whittle down the number of children in the Dominican Republic that have been waiting for a sponsorship for over a year. That number was a, over 750 a couple months ago. And we're just trying to, with everything we have together, me and you, as we listen, as we pray, we're trying to take this number down. I've often told you guys that it's really hard for me to ask you to do something if I'm not willing to do it as well. And our family already currently was sponsoring a few children and we added another child to that sponsorship. We figured that we could find $38 more a month to sponsor another child. And she's the cutest thing. Her name's Soledad. We began sponsoring her late in October of this year. 
Soledad just turned five and I look at her picture and I think, man, her community, the pastors at her church, the adults in her community center, they're now rallying around her so that her life looks different than it did before. So guys, if this is something that you would like to think about helping a child be released from poverty in the name of Jesus through their local church, I would really encourage you to go to compassion.com slash Ivy. That's compassion.com slash Ivy. And maybe you're thinking, Jamie, I just want to get to the episode. I'm tired of hearing you talk about this all month long. I just want to say I'm going to keep talking about it all month long because we really believe in the work that Compassion's doing. And again, as a thank you for your sponsorship, we want to send you a gift. So go to compassion.com slash Ivy. All right, friends, here's my conversation with Mitchell Johnson, who was a 12-year-old boy when Hurricane Katrina devastated not only his city, but his house and his family as well. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. You know, we were talking earlier and you said everyone remembers where they were when Hurricane Katrina hit. I have specific things in my life. Like I remember where I was when Princess Diana was killed. 9-11, Columbine, mm-hmm. those type of things. You 100% remember where you were when Hurricane Katrina came into mm-hmm. New Orleans in 2005. You were 12. Yeah. Set the stage for me with what your life looked like in 2005. Yeah, so I was born and raised in New Orleans. That's what I knew. Never went out of the state of Louisiana. And in 2005, I think that was a year right after my mom had gotten out of jail. My parents had been divorced for a little bit. My dad had went ahead and remarried. But during that time, I chose to live with my mom and my sister had just gone off to try to do college. So when Hurricane Katrina happened, when there were calls to evacuate a few days before, My dad ended up taking his side of the family and my sister, and he asked me to go with him and evacuate to like Allen, Texas, where my stepmom's family was at the time. And I chose to stay with my mom. So I lived- And your mom was not evacuating. Yeah, she was not evacuating. Her, my grandma, and we were poor. Um, So for us, it was either, you know, we hunkered down or we're just like driving to who knows where. Um, And maybe we could find a hotel somewhere. But at that time, if you waited two days before Hurricane Katrina happened, if you're poor, you're not getting out of the city. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize that when they're like, oh, why are these people not leaving? Mm. And some people are like, that's so dumb. What are they doing? When the reality is, what would they do? Yeah. There's no money. Yeah. You know? So that's where your family was in. What yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. We had no idea where we would go. So we had other family in New Orleans. So what we did was me and my grandma and my mom, we went ahead to the east side of New Orleans, where one of my cousins had at least like a two-story apartment. So we just kind of hung out there the entire day uh, when Hurricane Katrina was happening. And it was kind of fun. Like my last memory before, I guess, like I went to bed was the MTV Awards. Okay. (laughs) Listening to Mariah Carey perform uh, We Belong Together. Love Mariah Carey. Big fan. And I remember her hitting that last note and it was like a bad note. (laughs) And I went to sleep. All my family was like, what was that? And I remember falling asleep that night and we wake up the next morning and everything was fine. We go downstairs, we have cereal for breakfast and stuff. And my mom has on the radio and the power's out and everything, but where we're at on the east side, everything's okay. And then I remember slowly like water coming through the door. And I remember seeing it and I told my mom and my grandma and my cousins. And I was like, hey, there's like water coming in here. And my mom was like, Boy, shut up. Uh-huh. Like nothing's going on. Now. I was like, come downstairs. Yeah. Because and it's not raining right now? No, it was not raining. Yeah. This was the day after. So 
if you think about New Orleans, it's like a bowl. Mm -hmm. So where the Lower Ninth Ward is, it's like really below sea level. And levees are these things to basically keep out the water. That's mm -hmm. what we built in New Orleans to keep the water from Getting going the into city. the bowl. Yeah. yeah. So where we at on the east side, we were a little bit higher in the bowl. Where like if we would have stayed in the Ninth Ward, like our entire house yeah. where we actually lived, it was submerged in water. Mm. Like. Yeah, yeah, we would have died. Mm -hmm. So on the east side, it just took a little bit longer for the bowl to fill up. Yeah. And eventually what ended up happening, my cousins were so crazy. They were like, take the big screen upstairs. Take the big <laughs> screen upstairs. I'm like, where's the food? Like, we need food. Again, I'm 12 at this time, so I'm just worried about my Game Boy. Uh -huh. And so we take the big screen, all these things upstairs. And before we know it, the water is at the ceiling of the first floor. And all of us are upstairs. Because mm, the levees broke, that's what happened, yeah. which made all the water come in. So you're all upstairs, you mm. and your mom and your grandma and your cousins. And now the first floor is underwater. Yeah. As a 12-year-old, are you looking to your mom to keep you safe? Are you scared? Like, what is that feeling that you're having in that moment? Yeah. It was kind of adventure. Yeah. Like, at first. Uh -huh. You know, I say that lightly because this is a huge traumatic experience yeah. for, I mean, this is the second hurricane my mom and grandma had went through. Mm -hmm. There was a hurricane in, like, 65 called Hurricane Betsy that basically destroyed everything my grandma had. And my mom was, like, a few years old. So for me, it was kind of an adventure. Like I had my Game Boy, it's like batteries yeah. in it. Because <laughs> you're 12. Um, yeah, I'm 12. Uh, and I had cousins that were way younger than me and they were just like, what's going on? And, and we thought that, you know, it might be over mm -hmm. soon. And so I had no idea about the levees and about, you know, what this meant. Like, I didn't know that it was a natural disaster. Yeah. And, but we just had the radio. And my mom, once the water went up to the ceiling, she tuned into the radio and we found out the levees broke. And she was like, we're probably going to be here for a long time. And so how long were you guys there for? Before we were rescued fully, brought to a dry part of Louisiana, it was four days. You were in that top floor. So we were in the top floor for three days. And on the third day, we were rescued by civilians who had a small, like, uh -huh. kind of like little boat with a motor, but the motor wasn't working, so they used two by fours. Okay. It was just people. Helping neighbors. People. Yep. And so they, so, so they came So in the us. top floor... Yeah. You have your big screen. Yeah. Do you have food? We had like dried noodles. Yeah. First off, you have to be in this place where you understand like if you have nothing, if you're already poor and you're seeing that everything's underwater, like we're in survival mode. I took swimming lessons from kindergarten to sixth grade at this point. So like I'm the swimmer. There was like a gas station like super close. So me and one of my cousins on the second day swam out to the gas station and door was open. There were Pepsis, waters, like chips, like floating around. There were some things that didn't hit the water yet and we got it and, and we had to bring it. And swam back. And swam back. Yeah. We were the only ones who could swim. So that was part of the situation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad you had those swimming lessons. Honestly, Got you some Pepsi God. and some chips ready oh, yeah. to go. Yeah. So you guys are up on the top floor in survival mode. And you know, I really appreciate you bringing to the light. The poverty aspect of this is what I think a lot of people don't understand in natural disasters mm -hmm. is there's two different types of thinking as to what would be happening here. How would you survive? What's going on? And I'm thankful for reminding us that living in situations of poverty, you can just leave. Mm -hmm. You can't just do what everyone else is like. Well, just do what you need to do. So you're up in the second floor. Yeah. You got your Pepsis and your sodas from the gas station because mm -hmm. you know how to swim, which I love. People come by in a boat. Yeah. Strangers. Yeah. 
and say, we're here to get you? Yeah. So what had happened was, think of it this way. The water goes up and down like a tide. Okay. At its highest, it'll go a little bit above the ceiling, kind of creep up the steps of the first floor. Sometimes it'll be like halfway, okay. kind of like at my stomach level. So get this, my mom is 4'11". Like she's okay. short, uh-huh. short. I'm just thinking like, hey, we need to do whatever we can. I'm riding on shirts, like out the help. window, uh-huh. like help us. So my other cousins like kind of leave and like try to figure out like, you know, what we can do or uh-huh. maybe go to a Walmart to see if we could get a boat or something like that, like a little canoe or something. And so the water goes down on this uh, second day a little bit. And my mom and I go outside and we stand on top of her car. And I remember my mom going through the water, like on her tiptoes because she can't swim, but she's just like, Hey, we have my grandma who's old upstairs. I have two aunts that were upstairs that were old Mm -hmm. as well. And so we were just looking for help. And then these people come by and they say, Hey, like we're rescuing people. Mm -hmm. The boat has no motor. It doesn't work. We just found it, but we got some two by fours and we'll take you over there to the I-10 overpass. And so we just kind of was like, yeah, like if you can come tomorrow, uh, that would be great. And they were like, yeah, this will be our last round of taking people over there. That's unbelievable. You know, I didn't get to witness that happening with Katrina, but with Hurricane Harvey, we lived in Austin at the time that that happened and hit Houston. And I was able to see just strangers going and helping and saying, what Mm -hmm. can we do? And I know that's a beautiful thing. I want to talk with you when we get back about that rescue. We'll be back after this break to talk about what happens when the strangers came in the boat to get you guys. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. All right, welcome back. I'm still here with Mitchell Johnson, and he was just talking with us about how they had been in the upstairs apartment for two days now, and strangers came by with the boat. Yeah. In this point, like, I'm kind of like stranger danger type of person, Mm. you know? Is there any kind of stranger danger when you're stuck in the second floor apartment during a natural disaster? Absolutely not. No, that's what I figured. Well, in New Orleans, if you're reporting, you live in your neighborhood, like, we have porches, And so I would sit outside with my grandma on the porch and everybody I walked by, they were family to Mm -hmm. us. If someone needed a place to stay, if they needed money or something like that, like my grandma would help them. And so that's just a mentality that our family had. So even (laughs) when these people came around, we were just like, yeah, we need help. I'd never seen a more unified expression of just like servanthood in New Orleans Mm. until that moment. That was just huge. And so they came around, told us that they'll be back for us. And then on the third day, we just piled up into the boat. So we start getting in the boat. They're like, okay, kids in the boat first. And so I get in the boat, my younger cousins get in the boat. Then, okay, the elderly women, Mm -hmm. my grandma, my two aunties, they get in the boat. And uh, the boat is at max capacity at this point. And my mom would have been next. And she like looks at me and she's like, I can't get on the boat. And looking at her, I'm like, no, you're getting on the Mm -hmm. boat. She's just like, hey, I'm going to find a way to get over there. I know she can't swim. I don't know the next time. And this is their last round. This is their last round. They're like, somebody's going to rescue us from the bridge. And we know that it's going to happen this day. And this is going to be our last round. And so I start weeping. Well, yeah. Because I just lost my mom for an entire year. Mm, She was in jail. she was in jail. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's why I'm here. Because I'm not going to leave you. She's just like, I'm going to find a way. So I'm crying. Uh, You leave your mom. Yeah. I remember them paddling away and I'm just looking. And you've Um, got no cell phone. Got no cell phone. You're going to the I-10 bridge. Yep. Your mom says, I'll meet you there whenever. Yeah. And so this I-10 overpass, I mean, it's a bridge at this point because, you know, water's underneath it. And it's about half a mile away. We can see where the apartment is and stuff. And so I was always keeping an eye on it. But I just remember them rowing away from that apartment. And I was just weeping. And, you know, my grandma's holding my hand. On our way over to the bridge, the boat starts getting weird. 
and going crazy. And then everybody in the boat's going crazy. I'm kind of going crazy. I'm the only one who knows how to swim. And at this point, like that apartment was on a hill. So as we're getting closer to the bridge, it's like probably 10, 15 feet, like the depth mm. to the ground. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going crazy. The boat's kind of shaking all over the place. And I just remember my grandma, she's incredible. She's still alive. She lives in Wichita Falls. And she told everybody, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, grab hands and we're going to pray. Mm-hmm. I was not a Christian. you know. But your I, grandma was. Yeah, my grandma is a just solid, sold mm-hmm. out Christian. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because we finally calmed down that the boat leveled out, but the man, like the Lord really showed up. Honestly, that's where a little bit of faith in me, like kind of started. started. Yeah. This was like, dang, there's like some power there. So we get to the bridge. There's an older gentleman that greets us. So I have a question, just trying to get my brain around what's happening. Are there other boats rescuing people? Are there people on this bridge? There's a lot of people on this bridge at this point. I'm kind of imagining like kind of mass chaos. Yeah. Okay. It's not mass chaos. I think it's just because everybody's at the end of the rope. But there's a lot of people who have lost everything. And now they're just on a bridge waiting to connect with their loved ones to figure out what's next. They've lost their homes, their cars, everything. Yeah. One of my aunties parked her car on the bridge. So there was her car on the bridge. It was already, you know, busted in like people had been sleeping in and stuff. So there were other cars parked trying to think of the setting, like people I went to Walmart, got tents mm. and they would bring it back for the kids because mosquitoes were crazy. This is August. Yeah. If people don't know, it's yeah. hot. Yeah. In Especially in the swamp. And so it was just humid. It was so bad. We've had these same clothes on for three days. A few hours passed by and, you know, I'm just like sad. Yeah. Because my mom's not there. Yeah. And I'm like, if we get rescued, you know, what's going to happen? A helicopter comes on this day and we thought that they were going to rescue us. But instead, they drop down water and mm-hmm. food. These mm-hmm. kind of like little army packages yeah. where you mm-hmm. add water and it heats up. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. They had like a Salisbury steak or something like that. <laughs> nice. Like cardboard. Yeah, but. there you go. And so there were some things that happened like that. And I was like, what if a helicopter comes and takes us and my mom's not there? And so I'm just chilling in my auntie's car. And next thing I knew, there's a speedboat with a fan on the back. One mm-hmm. of those. And there's this old white dude driving in. And my mom is in the back just chilling. Like, not with my other cousins, but like, it's just her. By herself? Yeah, Uh it was just her. It was just so weird. I was like, this is kind of out of a cartoon. Right. And she said she would come and she... This guy uh-huh. just is bringing, bringing her to the bridge. Yeah. And she walks up and she's like, I told you I would come. How did that happen? I have no idea to this day. But she showed up. She showed up yeah. in this yeah. guy with this crazy boat. Just oh that gosh. you would regularly see yeah. in a swamp with a fan on the back. So as you're 12, you mentioned something earlier that I think is interesting. Is that you had said, like when you got in that boat to leave your mom, how traumatic that was for you because you had just spent a year without her. Yeah. And I'm wondering if even in your 12-year-old brain, when you spent a year without your mom, it's because she left you. Like she had to go to jail for whatever mm-hmm. circumstances. And this point, even though you're 12 and it's not really your decision and your mom made you do this, you're the one leaving your mom. Mm-hmm. Was there a little something that stuck around with you even growing up, becoming a man of those moments of saying, my mom left me, I left my mom. Like, how have you dealt with that as a grown up now? When we eventually moved to Texas, we struggled a lot. And it was always my decision to stay with my mom. I could have gone with my dad. I could have even 
you know, there was some time where we didn't live with my grandma. And I could have, my grandma even told me to mm. come live with her. And you her, always chose your mom. Yeah. I knew that my mom and my grandma always had to be strong for the rest of our family in hard times, but they never really had someone to be strong for them. And so without any man in my mom's life, like I just felt like I needed to kind of put myself in that Mm -hmm. position Mm -hmm. and in some ways protect her. As a 12 year old kid, I'm like, I'm Mm -hmm. strong. I can help you. I can be there for you. And that translated to my decisions in high school, loved football, loved all of these different things. But there was some point where I had to just get a job and start taking care of myself so my mom wouldn't have that burden on herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And as she was learning how to live life and recover, like learn how to do things like finance. I mean, we've been evicted from so many apartments. I've seen Mm -hmm. cars taken away from her. It kind of forced me to grow up, but also taught me just how to be with someone who's just recovering or Mm -hmm. struggling and how to care for them and love them well. So there's a lot of things my mom has taught me, like compassion. But yeah, those are kind of the ways that those experiences impacted me. It's looking back and I can see how as a young boy, you had to make some really hard choices. As being a mom to teenagers, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know that they're equipped to make those choices, but you just do what you have to do when you have to do them. And it's like Mm -hmm. God was also preparing you to be this man in your mom's life for so many times. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about what life looked like after Mitchell and his family left New Orleans. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Okay, guys, we're back. Mitchell Johnson is still here. And Mitchell, how did you get from the I-10 bridge to Wichita Falls? So we spent the night on the I-10 bridge. In your auntie's car. In auntie's car. Uh-huh. There were people who brought tents from Walmart. With your cardboard Salisbury steak. Yeah, cardboard, eating, <laughs> just eating good, as good as I could for that. And we spent the night there. Some super sad about that. The guy who actually greeted us on the bridge mm-hmm. actually passed away later that day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Was he sick? Honestly, we think it was the heat. Oh man. And that, so, I'm sure that was very common with yeah. elderly people yeah. in having to be outside in New Orleans at that time. Yeah. There were mm. about 1800 people, I think, who died yeah. during Hurricane Katrina and half of them were elderly. Mm. And so during that night, you know, they put him in a bag and prayed over him and dumped him off the bridge, which was like ending the first night on the bridge. I'm just like, what is happening? It's a lot to take in. Yeah. And so I'm with my mom going into the next morning. Helicopters come and they basically take us off the bridge and bring us to some dry part of Louisiana. Okay. When we go to this dry part of Louisiana, there's like hundreds of people just like in lines waiting to get on these Greyhound buses. 
we get on the Greyhound bus. Um, the rest of our cousins actually found us at that point. And I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. True sign of God, honestly. And then we get on this Greyhound. With nothing. With nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. My Game Boy, it's dead at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and they take us to Houston and everybody was asleep on this Greyhound bus because it has AC, mm-hmm. we have water. And so we go to Houston, go to Astrodome. At the Astrodome, my grandma, her generation remembers all the numbers. So she got numbers for even distant relatives mm-hmm. that we had in Wichita Falls, Texas. Phone numbers, yeah, got it. Phone numbers, yeah. And I remember my dad's number, my sister's number. And once we get to Houston, they feed us like small pizzas and stuff like that. And we're on cots and stuff in the Astrodome. Yeah. It was insane. I get a hold of my sister and my dad who were at this point, they're watching the television. Because they evacuated early. They evacuated mm-hmm. early. And my grandma contacts our family in Wichita Falls. So she calls those relatives. And basically, we go to Wichita Falls. And we get this apartment. It's fully furnished. People knew that I was... From who? Like churches or something? Yeah, like, who? like churches and just awesome wow. people came together. And they knew I was a 12-year-old kid, so they gave me all these clothes. A varsity, like, running back, like, gave me their Letterman jacket, so I would have a jacket. And it was just sweet things like that. And you're starting what grade? I'm in seventh grade. Okay. Quick story, but I needed shot records to get... Go to school. Go to school. Yeah. And they don't and play around with that. They don't play around. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the planner. Like, I have anxiety. Even as a 12-year-old, I try to take all our important documents with us. And my mom's like, we don't need it. And so <sighs> I still put it in the cart, but she takes it out. <laughs> and they have my shot records. We could have had my shot records. Right. And so State of Texas made me take every shot over again. So... We'll see how long I live. <laughs> because um, you've been vaccinated twice with everything. Basically. It's okay. You're so. here. So you start school. You're in this new place. Mm-hmm. I mean, jobs. People have given you clothes. Mm-hmm. How did you guys survive the next year? It was a lot of adjustment. It took my mom a bit to get a job just because of her being in jail. Like, Criminal record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just really hard for her to get a job at the beginning. And the first year was really to get us on our feet and to establish a new normal. So for me, it was just learning. Like I realized my accent and me talking really fast was really hard for my teachers. Uh So I kind of even had to adjust the ways that I talk. Like I don't have an accent for most of the things I say. There's some things my friends will point out. Uh I had to kind of adjust that and I had to kind of learn what it looked like to be out of school with majority white people instead of majority black people. So that was a huge adjustment. That was a huge adjustment as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. Hurricane Katrina, when your life pretty much changed. I mean, pre-Katrina, post-Katrina, New Orleans, Wichita Falls, all the things. When you look back on the past 15 years of your life and you walk through something super difficult at 12, and I imagine there were even more difficult things growing up Mm -hmm. um, in your home until you left for college. How do you think all of that created the man that Mitchell Johnson is today. What did Mm. that contribute to who you are? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that it contributed, especially growing up the way that I did, first off, it saved me from a lot of bad decisions in like high school and- Getting out of where you were living? No, I think honestly, just the situation that we were in. Okay. We already had so much going on. It was so hard just growing up the way that we did. It forced me to not do things like party Mm -hmm. and to kind of be smart and Mm -hmm. to make smart decisions about who I hung out with and what I did, getting a job and stuff like that. So I look back and I see that the Lord protected me Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways doing that. But also, man, it really gave me an understanding of what it means to have joy Mm -hmm. and like 
what do I need to actually have that joy? Does it need to be the latest things mm -hmm. like the latest clothing or like a new car or, you know, all of those things? Or is it just being present mm -hmm. with the people that like God has placed around you yeah. and just yeah. being grateful for life? Mm -hmm. And that's what my grandma and my mom both taught me, especially in those really hard, dark times. Because I can't imagine how difficult that was for your grandma and mom to not only lose everything they had and for your yeah. grandma that had happened before and your mom, relocate taking care of a 12 year old and the fact that they taught you to still have joy in the midst of having mm -hmm. nothing. I think that is something that will be lifelong. It's yeah. what you will carry with you forever and ever. And yeah. how is your relationship with your mom today? Oh, it's so great. My mom is, I mean, I've been through so many hard things with my mom. We have a lot of positive and negative experiences together, but man, she's just a rock. Yeah. And no matter you know what she's walked through, whether it's been her fault or things that have been against her, she's persevered mm -hmm. through it. Same with my grandma. So I really look up to them. They're my heroes. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that those are your heroes. Mitchell, thank you so much for yeah. sharing your story and talking about it. You guys, the thing that I think about most when I hear Mitchell tell his story is that maybe you haven't been through Hurricane Katrina. I've never been through a hurricane and had to relocate after evacuation. We've all went through hard stuff. Mm -hmm. We've all walked through trials. And so I love that you have this joy that cannot be taken away in the midst of the trials. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show, because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes do you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing? Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.